Welcome back to Amid Yomi, Guten Erev Shabbos. Today we're continuing to learn Masechtis Megillah, Daf Yud Beis, Amid Aleph, that's 12a. As we learn in the Zechus, the merit of our hostages and our soldiers and all of Yisrael. Tomorrow, we will continue learning in person at, I think, about 445, 450, whatever it says on the announcements. Okay, so yesterday we were discussing how both Balshatsar and Achashverosh miscalculated the 70 years of the Gullahs that Yermio promised based off Hashem's prophecy, there will only be seven years of exile, 70 years of exile, and they both miscalculated and celebrated prematurely, thus bringing to their downfall. Says the, um, says our Gemara, says our Gemara, what was Achashverosh's mistake? So again, we discussed there were various points. There was when Nebuchadnezzar came to power, there was then, which was Bashat's mistake, there was then a year later when he went into Judea, Eight years, eight years after he came to power, seven years after he went to Judea when he exiled the king, and then an additional additional 11 years when he destroyed the temple, which was 19 years into the reign. Ahasuerus um, says, so, according to, um, according to Ahasuerus' account, where did he mess up? So it says 11 years between the exile of Yehoiakim and the destruction of Shalayim. So that was his mistake. So So the promise is as follows. If there was an 11, he miscalculated 11 years, so how many years did Achashverosh reign? Arbasar, 14 years. But Arbasar dire ibaile libibne base mikdash. Is so, meaning if he reigned 14th year, and 11, it was 11 year miscalculation, so in the 14th year of his reign, he should have rebuilt the base of mikdash. Now, Meaning why and why the fourteenth? Because he um the he he miscalculated to the that the uh the, the that the destru- the rebuilding should have ha- taken place in the third year of his reign. So if he miscalculated should have done the third year of his reign, really it should have happened eleven years after that. That would be the fourteenth year of his his reign. So why don't we find therefore that he built the base of Mingush in fulfillment of the prophecy of Jeremiah? So but it says, not reg- with regards to him, but rather with regards to his uh, predecessor, D- um, Darius, that he began the work of the temple. Well, now that, that would be the 71st year. So what's going on here? He said, no, that in our calculations, the various calculations we made, some of the years actually weren't full years. And we'll, we'll, say which one, we'll see in a minute which ones they were. Some of them were only half years. We just count as a full year. We learned as follows. Yet there was another year of, this, uh, of Bavel, the Omen Darius came up and he completed it. What's this referring to? So, Nebuchadnezzar didn't actually rule for f- uh, 45 full years. It was 44 years and a half. As an Eval Mordach also had only 23 years and a half. So, when you put that all together, you end up with um, that. You, you, the numbers end up adding up that that Darius really completes the 70 years because of the half a year of either of their reign. We just say they reigned for 45 years. We mean is 44 and a half. Omer Rav. So Rav says, by the way, don't just think that Balshatsar and Achashverus made a mistake. This is very complicated. Even Daniel himself miscalculated. So Daniel says, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, contemplated the calculation. What does he mean? I contemplated the Mean this, it seems to imply initially I, I erred and now I had to recontemplate it. By the way, Binas Bisvarim is actually Bina Bisvarim is Rabbi Daniel Feldman. We've mentioned him multiple times. It's his uh it's his all his Hebrew Svarmer named that. Okay. His name is Daniel. Nikoma from Kashukara Hadani. Now here, here's the problem. We're gonna have a problem with two conflicting psukim. Ksiv Malos Libavel. In your Miyo it says, after seventy years are completed for Bavel, I will remember you. 
Diksiv, in Daniel it says, L'chavis Yerushalayim, not from Bavel, but rather from the ruins of Yerushalayim. So is the seven years beginning from when Yerushalayim is destroyed, or from when Bavel ascends to power? And there's an 18-year difference between them. Amar Rava, Alma, says Rava, no, God remembers his people uh, at 70 years from the, uh, the, uh, from the beginning of the Vuchanetzer dynasty, the Bavel dynasty. So we mentioned this previously, that actually prior to the Achishvira story, Koresh, uh, 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 Cyrus, he, be, he said to the Jewish people, you can go back and rebuild the base of Megdash, and they began to go back to do so. Actually, there's a debate in Rishonim how many went back. Some say most of the Jewish people went back, which means that the whole Burm story is only a small sliver of the Jewish people, which... Uh, it's, it's, it's a fascinating idea, especially when you think about it in light of the current situation we're in, in the sense that most of the Jewish people are living in Eretz Yisrael, we're allowed to go back, and we're dealing with just a few people left in uh, the exile who didn't want to go back. Okay, others say only some went back, but they could have gone back, and why didn't they make Aliyah? Point being that Koresh, Cyrus, he said to the Jewish people, you can go back. Then, for whatever happened, we've got to go to the story there, the Jewish people ceased going back, and the base of Migdash was never built for another 18 years. And that's what's happening here. So from the beginning of the destruction of, excuse me, from the beginning of the Babylonian dynasty, you count seven years, that's when God remembers the Jewish people, and that's when Kareh says you can go back. But the actual rebuilding of the temple didn't take place until 18 years later, which is therefore 18 years from when the Nebuchadnezzar came to power, and that's actually when the uh, when Sidkiyo went into Gullus and the base of Migdash was destroyed. Okay, let's discuss... Korish a little bit, Cyrus a little bit. Doris are Nachim Bar Chizda. Ma'adiksiv, Ko'amar Hashem L'mishichol Korish Asher Chazakti B'yamino. The Pazit tells us in Yeshayahu. So says God to his anointed Cyrus, whose right hand I have held. He calls Mashiach. Was Cyrus anointed? Anointed, we, we say Mashiach, means you're anointed with the oil, you're part of the Davidic dynasty. El Amr Lokadish Baruch L'mishiach. Rather, God said to the Messiah, God had a conversation with Mashiach, and he said, I want to complain to you about Koresh. I wanted, my desire to God was that Koresh should be the one to build the Jewish people and gather all of the Jewish people back to Israel. And he delegated it. And he delegated it. And then it didn't end up happening. So God was upset with Koresh. And Koresh, I set everything up for you to succeed. And yet you, uh, you dropped the ball. Okay. Now let's go back to the Megillah. And it's written in the army of the Persia and Mead and Mead, the nobles. One place we say that Persia and Madai are the nobles. Another place we say Madai and Persia are the governors, or the kings. Malchus, the kings. So what's going on here? Are they kings or are they nobles? So Persia and, and Madai, Paras and Madai, they had some sort of agreement. He says, basically, they had an agreement that they would switch off. If the kings come from us, then you will appoint the governors. And if the governor comes from us, and if the kings come from you, we will appoint the governor. So they had some sort of uh, agreement about how they shared the power. Okay. He displayed the riches of the glorious kingdom. What does that mean when the Megillah says that? He put on the big day kahuna, the special garments of the Kohen Gadol. Oh, you How do we know that? The honor of his splendorous greatness. It's written that the big day kahuna are there for a glory and for a splendor. Tiferes. 
we see that he put it on as well. He adorned himself just like Nebuchadnezzar did with the, uh, with the loot of the temple. When the days were filled, what does it mean the days were filled? Since Machlokas was Ahasuerus a wise person or was he a foolish person? One who says he was a clever king. What he did first was he invited all the people from the outskirts to the feast. Because anytime he wanted to, he can appease the people, the local people. Meaning to say, he wanted to create a broad swath of loyalty. So he reached out to those living far away to come for the feast. And what about the people in Shushan? He goes, oh, don't worry. They live near in close proximity to me. I can always favor them. And they'll always, you know, I can always show, show them favor so that they'll um, pl- pledge allegiance to me. Uman the one who said he's a fool, he should have invited the people who lived in Shushan first to be because if the if the people in the outskirts rebel, well now he has surrounded himself with loyal uh, with, with 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 loyal people because they they've come to his party, they like him, and therefore they can repel any sort of uh, any sort of invasion. So we really should have gained allegiance to those close to him first. Okay. So the students of Rabbi Shimon Bar say them as follows. Why did the enemies of Israel of that generation deserve extermination? Now, this is actually a euphemism. I mean, why did the Jewish people deserve to be put in this predicament where they were facing extermination from Haman and Achishverosh? So Amr Lahem said, what does he say to them? Amr Atem, I'll tell you. Because they went and they enjoyed from the feast of Achishverosh. Because they went to the feast of Achishverosh and party there, they deserved to be destroyed. Now that's a very harsh punishment. I understand you can go to a feast. We'll see in a minute. The feast was kosher and even Mordechai himself was there to ensure the kashrus of this. But why? Uh, what's wrong with that then? So the answer that the, um, I think the Marsha, the Ben Yoyada points out is because what was his party? Which as we've just been saying for the last Umbud almost. It was a celebration of the fact that God's prophecy is not going to be fulfilled, that the base of English was destroyed and never going to be rebuilt. And they t- went ahead and they, they started partying and deriving pleasure from a party that was basically advocating for the end of the Jewish people, and that's why they deserve to be punished. So if so, if so, it should have just been for Shushan, because that's for the Jews who joined. Why is everyone else in the outskirts, out in the outlands, why are they being uh, ordered to be killed? They didn't go to the feast. Because they, they bowed down to the image. The image of what? So either of Nebuchadnezzar or Haman, probably Nebuchadnezzar. Okay, so they bowed down to Nebuchadnezzar, who had an image on him, and it seemed like it's some sort of Odazara. Bit of Machlokas there, but okay. So the Jews in Shushan, because they partied, celebrating the fact that Jewish people, the base of Mikvah, should not be destroyed. And the Jews in the outskirts, because of some sort of Odazara. So, so if this is true, that they really they were bowed down to Avodah why then were they saved? Because the Jews only outwardly performed this, but inwardly they, uh, they, they didn't actually believe this was Avodah they just were being forced into it. Therefore, Avkadosh Baruch Lo, There to Hashem also dealt with them only outwardly, as in he frightened them, but he didn't actually destroy them. And it says, for he does not afflict from his heart. Okay. Next, that's from in Eov. Sorry, that's in Echa. By the way, I have no idea how to lay in the Megillah. I'm just using the tune. In the court of the garden of the king's palace. What does it mean? The court of the garden of the king's palace, the party took place. Rabbi Shmuel. So Rabbi Shmuel again, the historians here. One said there are three locations, the court, the garden, and the king's palace. Those who are worthy of the court went there. Those who are more worthy or more special, more royal, 
went to the garden, and those who were on the top echelon, they went to the palace. Right? Says no. That there were so many people that the court couldn't accommodate them. Begin of Allah Kisan, he then put brought to the guard of that too could not accommodate the masses. Until he brings him into the actual palace, so there's enough room for everyone. In the Bryce it says, uh, he, he sits them all in the courtyard, but he opens up the doors, and one to the garden, and one to the palace. Seemingly it's like to show up of some sort. Okay, moving on. What does it mean, Chor, Karpas, and Techeles? They were hanging Chor, Karpas, and Techeles. Ma Chor, what is Chor? Rab, Omar, Chare, Chor. It's some sort of tapestry that has many holes. It seems like a needle point of some sort. Shmuel, Milo, Levana. It's some sort of special white wool spread out in front of them. Karpas, what is Karpas? Omar, Vyosi, Rechanina. Karpas shall shall pass him. It's some sort of fine wool cushions. Okay. Avilikasev, Amudeshej, Mitosav, Echasev. Upon silver rods and marble pillows, crouches, couches of gold and silver. What's going on here? What are these silver rods and marble pillows, couches of gold and silver? Tanya. So it's taught. Rehud Omar. Haroi lekasa lekasa. Haroi lezav zav. Those who were, uh, you know, worthy of silver got silver couches. Those who were more important got gold couches. So I'm a little of Nehemia. In kein atem mat the kein of Suda. Would Achishverosh want to create jealousy among those at his feast? Elahim shall kasev. Elahim shall zav. Rather, the couches were of silver and their legs were of gold. All right, very fine. Bahat v'sheish. What's bahat and sheish? These these couches. Am Rav Asi Avonim Shemis Chotutos Abalehim. The floor was paved with stones, um, much sought after after their owners. Uh, okay. Similarly, v'chein Wamar Abnezer Mis Nosisos Al Admaso. Stones of crown attainable by after many trials over his land. So again, these are very very precious and rare gems and stones of some sort. Probably gems of some sort. What's Dar Dar? It's rows of stones that seem like there's some sort of beautiful mosaic was in the ground. There's a very precious stone found in the sea or near the sea. Sounds like some sort of diamond. Its name is Dara. They place it in the middle of the feast and it illuminate the whole area. And the Ben Yoda explains that it's some sort of, again, some, it seems like a diamond. I found by the sea, sand. Uh, and it's so shiny and so pure, if you placed it in the middle and the sun hit it, the sun would then refract off it and, and light the whole area up. And at night, they place it in the middle and they put some sort of fire near it. And the fire then would get would go, would go hit the um, the stone and get, illuminate the entire area as well. Okay. The school of Yishmael taught. No, no. This is most, much more exciting for all of us. What, what was it? Rather, Gerar, that there was a freedom, and that was a freedom of all taxes, that he waived, ta- there were no taxes for that, for that, for that, uh, during the time of the feast, and now all of us want to go to, move to Shushan, and all of us understand why all the Jews took part in it. No, I'm joking. Okay. But there was no taxes. Vashokos Meklezov, Meklei, oh, sorry. Vashokos Meklezov, Mekelem Shonim, the drinks were served in gold goblets, and the goblets being diverse from one another. What's me shooting me? Baile? What does that mean, diverse? So here's the thing, the um, the um, ver- the word shonim can mean diverse, but also can mean repeat. So he wants to know why does it mean repeat? What's going on? Here? Why this funny word? That what were these actually? These were actually the goblets used in the base of Megdash. Balshatzar used them, and he was killed because of it. And then along comes Haman and repeats the same. Excuse me, comes Achashverosh repeats the same mistake to use these. The, use these. So shonim meaning that he repeats the mistake. 
Rav. Royal wine in abundance. What does it mean, a royal wine in abundance? I'm a Rav. Everyone got wine that was older than them in years. So if you were 53, you got 54-year-old wine. What does it mean? They drank according to the law. My Kadas, Amrav Hanan Mishum Rav Meir, says Hanan Mishum Meir, Kadash Torah, according to the law of Torah. As in the, the every the Kashish was kept here. My Dasha Torah, Achilam Ruba Vishtiya. In Torah, you're supposed to eat more than you drink because that will ensure you don't get too drunk. Af Sudasa Shal Ose Rasha, Achilam Ruba Vishtiya. So too here, people ate more than they drink. Ain Ones, without coercion, Amrav Elazim, Elamish Kolech Vechel, Hishiko Miyay Medina. So everyone ate, drank wine from where they're from, so they were accustomed to drinking it. Lasos kirtzon ishvish. Do according to every man's pleasure. Amar Rav Lasos kirtzon Mordechai v'Haman. That's do according to Mordechai and Haman. Mordechai dixiv ish Yehudi. Haman ish tarv oyev. And Haman again, they calls them both an ish. And that's to tell us every man, as in they were the they were the uh, the wine bearers. They were the uh, they were the bartenders. And why? So Mordechai because he wanted to ensure the Jews didn't uh, drink yain nesach, didn't drink wrong wine. And Haman because he wanted to ensure they drank yain nesach. Okay. Uh, oh, this is a perfect place to stop. I wish you all a wonderful Shabbos. I look forward to continuing tomorrow. Have a wonderful day.